Welcome to another podcast at SlyesOffice.com, brought to you by Madison Computer Works. Joining us now, Brian Lees from Madison Computer Works. Brian, it's been a very long time. It's been too long, Sly. Right. I'm glad to be back. So, uh, everything coming to an head. We've got uh, supply chain issues. We've got a pandemic that isn't over. <laughs> I remind people yeah. that every day, <laughs> not over. And then, of course, we've got... Uh, Russia attacking Ukraine. How does this affect the computer business? Well, they all affect it. Um, the, you know, Ukraine is at top of mind for everyone, and, and they produce about almost 50% of the world's neon output. Now, a lot of people don't know that neon is used. It's kind of crucial for making computer chips. Uh, and so with they've stopped production completely. So the shortages that are about to arise, you know, in, in neon, because they're not producing... I mean, once what's used in the channel is gone, it's it's going to also affect it too. So it, it does affect our industry. Of course, that's you know that's peanuts compared to the the human toll that's going on there and everything. But I am saying that it will affect uh, accessibility to computer. I mean, you think it's bad getting a car now or a computer now? Just wait until these shortages start hit, hitting the production of the computer chips. Wow. Well, who knew that Ukraine made uh, neon? I had no idea. And I don't fair about Ukraine, but I had no idea. Oh, yeah. It's pretty critical, actually. You know, there's a lot of speculation that's one of the th one of the many things that that Russia wanted out of Ukraine is, is all that neon. Wow. All right. So how does, how does neon work in a computer? Um, well, it, there's a certain etching process on the chips, the lithography step, which involves lasers that carve into the silicon, and uh, that that uh, neon is critical in that process. Do we have any capabilities in North America? Well, there are other sources of neon uh, available for for that uh, process, but I mean, like I said, if you take away the production of fifty percent of of you know, the uh, necessary element in order to do it, you're going to cause massive shortages. And we already had shortages shortages in computer chips on every device, from cars to computers to handheld devices. So it's only going to get worse. I'm sorry for the bad news. And, of course, cars are basically computers now as well. <laughs> it seems like everything is. I your your ice dispenser in your uh, in your refrigerator. I mean, but yes, there are computers. The uh, cars are pretty much all computer based. Oh my God! I went from a two thousand four to a twenty seventeen suburban, and the technology in the two vehicles it isn't even comparable. Yeah, but you got to love that little beep when you want to lane change and. So oh, I do. I love it. So, what other problems are plaguing the computer industry right now with shortages? Well. Um, there was a massive contamination uh, by a chemical that was used in the manufacture of solid state and flash drives. Western Digital uh, had to pull it almost 6.5 billion gigabytes. That, yeah, 6.5 billion gigabytes of flash storage uh, was contaminated and pulled from the market, which means people are about to see mass shortages on solid state hard drives, which are used in almost every computer these days. They're, they're not spinning drives. You know, they're, well, they're called solid state and everything um, because they're like they're like a thumb drive. Um, so those uh, are about to be in, in very short supply. Wow. So there's very little you can do about all this. Um, well, we're stocking up, but you're right. Once we use up all the 
supplies that we have in stock, um, prices are, well, they're already going up and up, as everyone knows. That You mentioned that inflation thing, but our industry, the prices, people are looking for these cheap computers or these cheap parts, and it's like, you know what? You're lucky to get any parts. You pay whatever price you can because, because uh, if you don't have it in hand, you might not get it. Oh, I saw it online for such and such. Yeah, have you ever tried to get it online? You might wait two months and you still won't get it. So, you know, if somebody has it and they have it at a fair price, even if it's twice what it used to be a year ago, you take it while you can. It's kind of like finding a used car right now. If you find a good deal, take it. Right. <laughs> right. So this is all something. I mean, if, if I go to Madison Computer Works right now and my yeah. computer needs a new part, you're going to be able to fix it? For the nonce, yes. I mean, we have them. But, I mean, I can I say that in two months or three months or four months I'll be able to get these parts? Yeah, you can always get something for a price. But how much is, are people willing to pay? You know, people live with what they have rather than replace, unless it crashes, of course. I mean, it's so critical to have a computer at this point in time that, you know, you do what you have to if it crashes. But... Um, it's going to get harder and harder to get price, uh, to get parts, and then the price is going up and up. That's just how it is. People get used to it coming down and down for years, but it's going in the complete opposite direction these days. You know, I think about the changes over the last 30 years, mm -hmm. um, and you've been with it every step of the way since the early 80s. I mean, you started in the, the typewriter business and have been through this whole th thing as it has evolved, but sometimes I have to pinch myself you know, I used to go on. I used to go on trips with no smartphone device, no cell phone. I would get to the hotel and I would check my answering machine at my house. You know, and I would pick up the newspaper at the hotel. That's how things have changed. Completely. Wow, you're really dating yourself. Well, I I turned sixty one yeah. last week, so whatever. Yeah, yeah. Whatever. Uh, I hear you. Our it's lives have just massive. our lives have just completely changed. Right. Well, well and, and there's good and there's bad with that. There is. There is. So, uh, obviously, the other thing that everybody's worried about right now are cyber attacks and, you know, going right. online, clicking on the wrong thing. And suddenly, uh, Russia has invaded your, the company that you work for, their computer system. Okay, so you're talking about the concern on the infrastructure of the internet, yeah, and uh, and people getting into, uh, well, states like Russia, especially ones like Russia these days, um, getting into companies or taking the internet down, and it is a big concern because I mean it, we're a connected world, and um, you know they have their little hooks into almost everything, um, and you know I mean. If the Internet went down, our whole world runs on the Internet. The banking, the social media, the, the Zoom. I mean, our our country, our way of life is dependent upon that Internet. So it is a, a very large concern. Um, I know that America is doing the best they can, but, my gosh, you know, I, I, can you prevent a, a, an Internet war? Let's just hope it, you know, kind of like nuclear war, let's hope that the Internet war doesn't happen just like we are, we pray that a nuclear war doesn't happen during all this craziness. So what can you do to, everybody can do something to protect right. themselves and their company? Um, yeah, there are ways to protect yourself. Now, you know, you say protect yourself. Um, 
there's a lot of weak points. Um, for example, uh, a lot of people don't realize that the antivirus that they're using uh, is actually often made in a foreign country, including Russia. People had Kaspersky, which was actually state-sponsored malware that had hooks in it. Uh, people don't realize that things like ESET is uh, Slovakian or that Avast and ADG, which are free antiviruses or, or you can pay for it, is from the Czech Republic or Bitdefender is Romanian. Now, now you say, oh, well, who cares? Well, that's like saying, well, who cares that Kaspersky is from Russia or that these countries that are outside the U.S. are making the one thing that's supposed to protect you from getting infected by it? I'm not saying that there aren't, you know, ones like Trend is made in Japan, as an example, or a virus in Japan. So, you know, there are ones, and, uh, you know, antiviruses from Spain. What I'm trying to tell you is that, that there are, are ones made in countries that we trust, but even so, I kind of like the idea of getting one that's from America. You know, like WebRoot is from Colorado. Okay, I kind of trust them in Colorado. I've always, um, liked, I've always liked Colorado. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, so uh, one thing that can be done is stop buying uh, or getting free antiviruses or ones from foreign countries that you can't necessarily trust, that they're not putting a backdoor in. How about having a professional install it? Well, that's always a big plus also. I mean, some of these antiviruses, um, not only are they, you know, potentially malware like the Kaspersky, and if someone has a Kaspersky on the machine, it has to be professionally removed. I mean, that's as bad as any, you know, virus out there. It entwines itself in the operating system. But some of them, even like Norton, which is an American-based company, has started offering crypto mining in their product, uh, which, you know, is, is kind of crazy. I mean, because they give you a teeny little percentage of it. They take the, the lion's share of whatever cryptocurrency they mine, but it uses so much electricity that um, it actually, you, you, you lose more than you gain with, with accepting their crypto mining, and it slows your machine down. So it's almost as bad as the viruses. So, you know, having a product that, a local company trust will support you on and install? Absolutely. Absolutely. I would say, you know, um, WebRoot is my favorite right now. It has been for about four years. I mean, but there are other decent ones out there. So every new day, every new phishing scam, right? There's always something oh, new. Yes. And, and they are going full bore. They During COVID, well, I guess, like you said, we're still sort of in COVID, but they went all out to trick people into letting them onto their computer. They're, they have these pop-ups that you hit a, a website, and you know if you don't have a good pop-up blocker to block, block the pop-up window, it takes over. You can't even close out of your browser. But, yeah, the, it's a big problem. And about the only thing you can do, well, okay, let me put it this way. If you don't want to get you know, nailed by a phishing scam. And a phishing scam is different. It, it tries to get you to let the wolf into your house. Um, it pops up a phone number and says, warning, there's a big problem, or Microsoft has detected, or, yeah, I've got you know, it. call this number. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> don't. Don't call the number. If you don't call the number or click on the link to go to the website to try and do the stuff that they're telling you to do, then your machine's not going to get infected. Just because it pops something up on the screen and they really try and scare you. Oh, they're good at scaring the average person who, who does not know any better. Your answer is 
shut the window down, shut your computer down. If all else fails and you can't get out of it because they've locked it up there and it's making noise and, and flashing and scaring you, turn your, just hold the power button down and turn your computer off. Done I, it. I, I don't recommend doing that normally, but after 10 seconds of holding the power button down, your machine will hard shut down. You don't want to corrupt your hard drive, but it's better than letting these, these scammers onto your compete computer because they will harvest your passwords and all your information and you're going to be going through a world of pain and money to get it fixed if you let them on your machine what do you think about the uh the explosion of boy whether it be you're signing on to some sort of microsoft account with your email through work that sort of thing this two-step verification uh, project that goes on Two-step verification is a great thing. Um, having them, you know, uh, send a code to your phone or, you know, require a second way. I don't care if it's an email and the emails or text you a code. Uh, prevent someone from stealing your email account. Now, your email account, you say, ah, how important is that? You'd be amazed at how many people have, like, um, banking information or IRS stuff or personal information in their emails. That they would, that if it got lost or in the wrong hands, could be used against you. On top of it, they can use your account to send ever, all your friends to other people um, a payload to infect them. So don't be, you know, you don't want to be a typhoid Mary, so to speak, and infect all your your friends and people who are on your your email list. But you also don't want to risk losing important information. So, are there uh, any other tips you have for avoiding phishing scams? Uh, for phishing scams per se, again, the, the biggest thing I say is don't believe what it says on the screen. Don't click on the links that are put in whatever it says on the screen, and don't call the number. Those three, th- yeah, three things will keep you safe. If all fails, shut your machine off. It's in computer work. I mean, if I have a remote to your system, like we do remote support, as COVID necess- can almost necessitated in the past few years, I can remote in and end the tasks and, you know, close those windows. If you don't have something like that, you're going to have to shut the machine down hard, and then I would recommend calling us because otherwise when you start up your machine and open your browser, a lot of times these phishing scammers leave it so the last tab opens and, boom, you're right back to where you were with that, that big warning, you know, fake phishing site on your screen. Brian Lease with us, Madison Computer Works. Brian, how many times do you get calls from people who are in an absolute panic? Their computer has gone down, and their life, well, their life might not literally depend on it, but their, their work comes to a grinding halt. Work or their social life, which is their life, or their schoolwork, or you name it. And you are correct. There are... There, we, we all rely on computers to, to survive these days, and um, there are weak points. I mean, your Internet access is one. If your Internet provider went down and you had a Zoom meeting or a class or something critical, what are you going to do? Do you have an alternate plan? Now, a lot of people have cell phones that can be used as a hotspot. You can attach your computer to it and use your phone in a pinch. Uh, a lot of people you know, plan for it by saying, oh, if my Internet goes down, I've got a coffee shop up the road. I can get to them. They have a wireless. I've attached there safely. I could at least 
get my my interview or my class or whatever it is done there, or, you know, my Zoom meeting. So your Internet access is one point of weakness. Another is a critical machine failure. What if the machine goes down and your hard drive crashed or it got soaked in water? Do you have a backup machine to use? If not, in your life, your business, whatever depends on it, that, that is your life as far as, you know, your business life, then you should have a secondary machine as a backup machine. Um, or know where you can go to get a rental machine quickly. Um, the last thing, of course, is the data loss. I mean, are you backing up, whether it's it's the Dropbox and, and, you know, OneDrive or to a flash drive or an external drive? What happens if your data went poof? Okay. And each of these three points, I mean, you know, can be addressed and should be addressed and needs to be addressed because any one of them can bring you to your knees at the most critical time. Yes. Um, you know, this studio I'm sitting in right now from my house has become a godsend for me for work and recording stuff for broadcast. And it's an old computer, and every once in a while it goes down. Uh, mm -hmm. And, you know, it's kind of left me in a difficult situation. So I yeah. should have a backup, shouldn't I? You should. And I tell people that, especially while they can still get them because of shortages, the prices are just going up and up and up. And so, you know, if it's critical to your, your the, how you do business, how you live your life, you should have a backup, you know, just in case. Hey, what, what's your view on desktop computers uh, being left on versus turned off? So if you leave a computer on, um, the, well, nowadays it, with solid-state hard drives, there's no spinning hard drive. Power supplies are super low, so it's not as bad to leave it on all the time as it used to be because you'd wear out your moving parts. So nowadays, you know, I'm a little ambivalent. Uh, I, I'm okay with you putting it to sleep, but the thing is, when you put a computer to sleep, in other words, not turn it off and then just close the lid or say go to sleep, it doesn't clear out the RAM. It doesn't refresh the operating system. So I tell people they should be shutting down their computer at least once a week so it can make a, a registry restore point, uh, you know, the OS can. And so you, if there's RAM fragmentation, because, like, yes, your RAM can get fragmented from constantly putting it to sleep and opening and closing it, it clears all that out. So your machine runs faster, it runs better, gets a registry point. So at least, I, I mean, I shut my machine down every night. It's so quick with the solid state to reboot that what do I care? I turn it off if I'm not using it. Then I don't have to worry about it, and then I turn it on in the morning, and it boots up so quick. This is an interesting debate among radio engineers. <laughs> we'll we'll pick. It. <laughs> uh, how about Windows 11? Do you need the upgrade? Uh, um, so Windows 11, a lot of people are holding off because it can mess up your drivers. First of all, a lot of older machines can't handle it. I mean, if you don't have at least an eighth gen processor, it's going to tell you that it's not. You know, it's not capable. Some seventh gen processors can, but. What that really means is older machines can't even handle Windows 11 and aren't going to go to it. Now, if you're getting a new machine, you say, well, do I get Windows 11? Well, you know, there'll be drivers on a new machine for Windows 11. I probably wouldn't upgrade an old machine. The drivers and the issues I've seen happen, I would say if you're going to buy a new computer and considering a Windows 11, if, as long as you have programs or don't have programs, maybe I should say, that can't handle Windows 11, then then go ahead, it's fine. If you're just browsing the Internet or, you know, uh, doing email, Windows 11 is fine. <clears throat> if you have some vertical market package that's 
five years old and doesn't run properly in Windows 11, not a good idea to go with Windows 11. Do you have laptops in supply? We do currently. I mean, we're buying as quickly as we can, whatever we can get our hands on when they become available at our, our distributors and vendors. Uh, I buy them in here, and they go out like water. Um, but, yes, currently we do have them in, in supply. Okay. And, you know, I whenever I talk to you, I, I want to remind people that you have a great service where you can help people uh, fix things uh, remotely. Explain that. Well, so our computer care plans, especially during the age of COVID, but even before COVID, enabled us um, to help someone if there was an issue, sort of like big companies do and everything, where we can remote in and actually fix it. You know, I talked about the pop-up that we can end in the background, but what if your Zoom meeting isn't working or the sound is all messed up in it or you can't print or you can't do stuff? Well, um, 80 to 90% of all problems people have are not hardware-related. They're actually... Things just aren't working right. You can't get your email, whatever. The remote plans enable us to do it, and we charge the actual time we spend helping you fix the problem. So you don't get a minimum hour. You're not without your machine for two days, you know, or whatever, uh, or having to pay a trip charge on site. You call up, you talk to someone, they say, oh, here, let me remote and say, oh, yeah, and we, we tweak it, or something pops up. You don't know what this thing is. Is this legitimate or not? You call in, we look at it. So... If it's under 10 minutes, we don't even charge for it. We just let it go. But if it's over 10 minutes, we build the time we spend. But at least you can get it fixed in real time. And, and, and it's a godsend. I will say that I, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, three, four years ago, mm-hmm. had my laptop. I'm in Canada. And mm-hmm. I was having a problem with something not dropping down where I could connect to whatever Wi-Fi system. Anyway, yeah. your guys fixed the problem from Canada. Yeah. Talk me to the point where they could at least get me connected enough to fix the problem and then they right. fix you know because you yeah. got to be you got to be able to get online to fix the problem, right? You got to be well, able to get to true. the Wi-Fi, right? If, if your machine won't boot or if the machine can't get on the internet, it's very hard to remote into a machine right. if it won't boot to get on the internet. Right, but you know, it, it, it's it's remarkable that uh, your people are so patient with someone is absolutely stupid as I am. It's, well, I it's, it's, one, it's one of the, well, I have blind spots, okay? Okay. 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 <laughs> You're not a stupid man. <laughs> no, I'm just not so good with computers. <laughs> but I've learned a lot from you over the years. Well, and, and that's important because um, with computers, is what you don't know is what's going to hurt you. All right. If people need help with their computer or have questions, who should they call? What should they do? Where should they go? Well, um, I would call Madison Computer Works at the 608-231-8000 number, 8000. Um, or you can stop by our store at 353 Island Drive. Uh, we're right off of Mineral Point, across from Oakwood Village. Um, either one, you can email us and go to our website. So we have a lot of ways to reach us, but I would say uh, um, calling, picking up the phone and actually talking to a human is probably the best. Oh, so that's... God bless you. That's awesome. I appreciate you coming on, Brian. Oh, thank you for having me. All right, stay on the line for just a minute. Brian Lease, Madison Computer Works at SlyzOffice.com. SlyzOffice.com. Thanks a million. Bye-bye.